Oregon State and UCLA in a top 20 battle at Research Stadium on Saturday. Pac-12 title implications, they're more than just a little bit in play. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free. But until then, beloved and loaded, absolutely loaded Conference of Champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Carter Baines is with me today. Beaverblitz.com, 24-7 sports national writing desk. Still making time for us little people here at the network. We very much appreciate that. Let's dive right into it, Carter. UCLA, one loss off of a ranked win against Washington State back in the top 25. Oregon State, after losing to said Cougs team, uh, each of the last couple of times they've taken the field have kind of, I think, stabilized their status as a Pac-12 title contender. And I mean, the stakes for getting to Vegas are are really, really big in this game against UCLA. Yeah, the loser's out, right? I mean, it's hard to envision a two-loss Pac-12 team getting into the conference title and Obviously, I could see a two-loss two team, but you just you're then relying on tiebreakers, right? Yeah, I mean you, you don't want to get to that point. No, um, as far as controlling your own destiny goes, I, I guess we can put it that way. Uh, if if you lose this game, you're going to need some pretty serious help. Um, and, and then as far as college football playoff goes, you know, technically these two teams aren't out of it if they run the table in the Pac-12. Like you would assume that they'd get in as a one-loss conference champion. Um, that goes out the window if you lose this game as well. So uh, as, as far as the loftiest of goals, the loftiest of, of expectations, those are very much on the line in this game in Corvallis. Yeah, and, and I think that for both teams, when you look at the schedule they have left, like both of these teams, and I've said this for a long time on the show because it remains true, along with Washington State, have probably the three most favorable schedules in the conference it's why with the way ucla's defense is playing you know maybe they backdoor their way into the conference title game the problem is they already lost to utah and we don't know what is happening with cam rising nobody knows what's happening with cam rising i don't think utah even knows frankly like it's just a mystery wrapped in an enigma at this point but ucla still has to play uh usc this is a tough game but ucla does miss oregon and washington and they've already beaten Washington State, so the schedule's there. It's just a matter of whether or not Dante Moore, I think, can you know develop in time to keep pace with the way this defense is playing. Like, if you took this defense, and I want your thoughts on this, Carter, and put it on last year's UCLA team, that team is in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, they might be a college football playoff team, quite frankly. I mean, I think this is probably the best defense in the Pac-12 right now. You know, Utah might have something to say about that. Oregon State's certainly up there, and Oregon's numbers look great, but frankly, they haven't played anyone with an offense that has much of a pulse at this point in the season. That obviously changes this weekend. But, I mean, UCLA is firmly in the conversation for the best defense in the Pac-12, and, you know, I think, uh, again, going back to last year's team, 
that veteran quarterback presence, you know, having elite talent at all of the skill positions, Zach Charbonnet, uh, you name it, at, at running back and, and wide receiver there. Like, that's the element that's missing from this team. You have a freshman quarterback in Dante Moore who is pretty good, but is still inexperienced. And you've seen that flare up at times. I mean, the, the pick six at Utah and only scoring seven points in that I, game. I, I think more than a few times he's thrown a pick six in each of UCLA's first two Pac-12 conference games, one at home and one on the road. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, it, it's not like UCLA was uh, was was running all over Washington State in that win. I mean, that was very much a defensive game. So how that bodes for this weekend at, at Oregon state, I, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. You know, it's, it's probably going to be decided in the twenties, but um, man, if, if you're UCLA, you have to be feeling pr- pretty good about your defense and particularly your front seven uh, with the Murphy twins on the defensive line, Leatu Latu at linebacker, Darius Muasau. I mean, those four guys alone make up one of the strongest defensive fronts in the conference and it's not like their position mates are any slouches either so um, I I think they will cause problems for every team they line up against this season yeah and they have so far and I mean Latu in particular that that guy is I I don't know how he's not a first round pick in the NFL draft I I really don't he would probably be if the season ended today Pac-12 defensive player of the year or at least have a strong case for it with the way he played against Washington State. And, you know, that was a good offense that the Cougs went up against. And when you're talking about the best defenses in Pac-12, because of that performance, yeah, UCLA really does have a case. And Utah has got a case. And, you know, Oregon has faced an okay Texas Tech team and a good offense that is one-dimensional in Colorado. But I I agree, they haven't faced a team as good as Washington State yet. And that will, of course, be tested this week in Seattle when, when game day is there. When you look at the schedule for uh, UCLA, and then we'll switch and kind of do the same thing for Oregon State here, and we're talking about the scheduling break that they have, like this is such a massive opportunity for UCLA. Like obviously they have to avoid a letdown, which we've seen Chip Kelly's UCLA teams have before, but they're also coming off uh, a win in the sort of game that they have sparingly won in the Chip Kelly era. Not never, but it hasn't been as frequent. Uh, And I know there's been some local coverage writing about that down there in in Los Angeles, but it is at Oregon State. It's their third straight ranked opponent. And then it's at Stanford, who's no good. Colorado at home. At Arizona. Arizona's pretty good. Arizona State at home. At USC and Cal. Like, I, I don't know if you could have drawn it up any better in the second half. Maybe UCLA has to go eight and one but I mean if they win this game against Oregon State they won't just have the record to to be in a position to do that but to me they'll show themselves as a team capable of going 10 and two or heck maybe if they're able to beat USC 11 and one this year USC is the only team they won't be a, a betting favorite against after this Oregon State game so if if they beat the Beavers on the road I mean they've got a great chance to pick up some momentum over the next few weeks and you know, go into that USC game with a, a spot in the conference championship on the line. And, you know, if, if they get to that game and they beat the Trojans, they're going to have a really important tiebreaker over, over a, a USC team. That's probably going to be right there as well. So it, yeah, it, you mentioned the schedule strength. It's, it lines up really well. I, I think Oregon state, Washington state and UCLA are all in a very unique situation where they find themselves 
uh, kind of right next to each other in the standings, and they also have kind of the same strength of schedule. So uh, it's, it's very possible that they all end up right around, uh, you know, that that two, three, four, five mark uh, at, at the end of the season. And and these games, these these three games here, where Washington State, Oregon State, and UCLA are all playing each other, uh, those are going to have some pretty serious implications tiebreaker wise at the end of the year. So um, you know, UCLA already has a leg up on on Wazoo. I think this week's game is even tougher, though, going into Reeser, where I mean, the Beavers have won 14 out of their last 15. But I agree. Man, if the Bruins can come out of that, they have to be feeling absolutely phenomenal about where they stand looking at their next opponents. Because, I, I mean, they, they could steamroll legitimately almost every single team on the rest of their schedule. Yeah, and here's here's the other thing, too. From the Oregon State side of things, I think this is a more important game for the Beavs because when you look at Oregon State's schedule, they still have Oregon and Washington on the roster or on on the lineup. UCLA just has USC. They they other than that, they are playing the bottom half of the Pac-12. Now Oregon State is, is doing the same thing. They have to avoid stumbles, of course, against a team like Arizona or Colorado. Both these teams play uh, both of those teams, and I don't think either can uh, be slept on. And ASU's defense isn't bad either. But, uh, but their offense, yeah, not not quite as good. But I think it's bigger for the Bees because, you know, with that one conference loss already in play uh, against Washington State, you look at those games to end the regular season, and it's Washington at home, and it's at Oregon. It, it's now that Oregon State is incapable of, uh, of winning those games, but a split probably feels like the most likely thing. We got to get Carter's thoughts on that. We also... Have to talk about Jace Medical because the Jace case provides life-saving antibiotics, five of them to be exact, for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians with any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Don't be caught unprepared in today's world. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. That was less a second segment sip and more of a gulp. Sometimes you just kind of need it. So let's get right back into it, Carter. Your thoughts on, on Oregon State's scheduling situation. And look, both teams would really like to have this game, of course. And you're not, not neither team is strictly speaking out of the Pac-12 title game. It's just their odds reduce significantly. I'd argue a loss is more punitive for Oregon State than it is for UCLA, given that the Bruins have got one ranked team on their schedule and Oregon State's got two, and those two teams look like the two best in the Pac-12 right now. I'd agree with that. When you and I talked in the preseason about Oregon State's path to the Pac-12 championship, and we outlined it as a, a very realistic possibility, I mean, we, we said this is a team that should be in the mix uh, down the stretch. We talked about them needing to take care of business against the likes of the the Washington States, the Arizonas, the UCLA's, the teams that are probably going to be in that middle tier of the Pac-12, you know, not quite in the elite range with the USC's, the Oregon's, the Washington's, the Utah's. Um, and, and they already have a loss against one of them. So, you know, when Oregon State gets to that back end of its schedule and it's playing Washington and Oregon, I don't think you can sit here and, and realistically predict that the Beavers are going to go 2-0 and there. I, I mean, it's 
it's certainly possible they get Washington at home and all bets are off when they play the Ducks. Um, but you can't, I mean, you can't reasonably predict a, a two and zero record with, with an immense amount of confidence. So uh, staying as perfect as possible going into that is, uh, I think a necessity if, if you want to compete for a PAC 12 title, because if you lose this game uh, at that point, I mean, you have to be arguably the, the conference's two best teams and rely on somebody else losing a second game to get you into a tiebreaker scenario. So yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a must win in the grand scheme of things, but if Oregon State wants to make it to the Pac-12 title, this is about as close to must win as it gets. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing too is, you know, UCLA is a good team. I don't know if they're great, but they are good and they have a really good defense. If you're Oregon State and just thinking about not from a pure record standpoint, but just a, a team caliber standpoint, if you're going to make the Pac-12 championship game, you got to be able to win this one. Just period, point blank, end of discussion. Four-point favorite at home, it's not a big line because UCLA is good, but when you're at home, you got to win these games. And I bet if you went back and looked at the, the resumes of teams that make the Pac-12 championship game, they, they don't lose at home. They, they have you know a loss maybe to away from their home stadium. But I mean, the teams last year, Utah didn't lose at home. USC didn't lose at home in 2021. Oregon did not lose at home. Utah did not lose at home. Like th this is the way that it's gone each of the last few years. And, and I think that's going to going to continue to be the case this year. Like losing a game like this at home, it, it would just make things really, really difficult because then you have to come up with, with a big win on the road, probably for the Beavs in that game uh, against Oregon. But I want to talk about the details of, of this game against UCLA. I think for Oregon State, Carter, they have to have both sides of the ball playing well because it's been one-sided each of the last two weeks. And they were able to, to make that work against Utah because, UCLA's off, or because Utah's offense was anemic with Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes back there. And Oregon State's defense deserves credit. They played well. Then last week, as, as I put it to you on, on Twitter, you, know, you said DJ Uyungle is cooking. I said yes. However, the defense is microwaving a steak and they are overcooking it right now. It was not exactly inspiring, and this is, you know, two games that Oregon State has played against Pac-12 teams away from home, and they're allowing 39.5 points per game. And I think against this UCLA team, you have to be able to take away Dante Moore and take away the running game to make UCLA solely rely on defense and just not they, – they just won't be able to score enough points. If Oregon State's defense plays well – that I don't think is going to be enough. I think the offense is also going to have to have a good day or UCLA is going to slow them down. I do think it starts defensively for Oregon State. Um, you know, up front, can you get pressure on Dante Moore? I, I don't think that UCLA's offensive line is anything special. I, no. I, I think it's, I it's, think it's, it's certainly, not bad, but it's, yeah, it's, it, it's no better than middle of the road. I mean, it's certainly prone to its mistakes and and its blocking errors, but it's also at, at times played pretty well this season. So, you know, I, I think Oregon State goes into a lot of games feeling like it can assert itself in the trenches on both sides of the ball. This might be one of the tougher tests in terms of doing that, just because I think UCLA matches up against it so well with its defensive line against Oregon State's O-line. Um, and Oregon State's defensive line has, uh, again, like you said, not looked phenomenal on the road. So if it plays, if Oregon State defensively plays like it did at home the last time it was at Research Stadium, the Beavers will win this game. I, I mean, 
they just caused too much havoc defensively against against Utah. Um, and if they do that against UCLA, a, a true freshman quarterback that, like you said, has been prone to the pick six, um, you know, who has not been tested in very many difficult road environments and and failed the test against Utah in a, a very similar situation at, at Rice Eccles. Um, you know, if, if he can't operate, I, I don't see UCLA having much of a chance in this one. I agree with you there, and it's why I do like the Beavs in this matchup because I look at Dante Moore and I say, you know, when he makes, I mean, when he makes a good throw, Carter, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's why well, that's why he was the number one quarterback in his class because he makes really, really good throws. But my concern with him and UCLA writ large coming into the season was, yeah, they're 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 just gonna have to endure growing pains. Like it's just the way it is with every a true freshman quarterback, no matter, you, you know, where you look. Like, DJ had them at, at, at Clemson, for sure. I remember Justin Herbert at Oregon was really productive as a freshman. He also, you know, threw a game-losing interception at Cal at, at Memorial Stadium in 2016. Like, you, you can find a lot of examples of that. There aren't a whole lot of Trevor Lawrences in the world who come in and, you know, lead a team to a national championship. Turns out that guy's an anomaly, who, who could have uh, possibly foreseen. But on the other side of the ball, you know, I, I trust Oregon State's defense at home, and I, I think it might look a lot like what they saw uh, against Utah, you know, from, you know, a scheme standpoint. It'll look different, but but I think philosophically it's going to be the same. You know, Chip Kelly is uh, a very clever play caller and play designer, as, as we all know uh, very well as Pac-12 fans at this point in time. But it's going to be tough if Dante Moore's not able to get going. And then on the flip side of things, like UCLA's whole defense has played really well this year, but it is led by the front four. And, and I mean, you talk about a best-on-best matchup. UCLA D-line, Oregon State offensive line. I don't know that you can get a better best-on-best uh, when you're talking about every team's unit on both sides of the ball, really across the entire conference. Whichever team's able to run the ball more, I think is going to have a pretty good shot at winning this. And, you know, naturally both teams have pretty good running backs. Uh, Carson Steele at, at UCLA is an absolute force. You need two or three guys on him to bring him down. Otherwise, he's going to run through you. Uh, but Oregon State matches up well against that with the, uh, the the fourth best rush defense in the conference. UCLA has the best rush defense in the conference going up against Damian Martinez. So what can Oregon State accomplish on the ground? that's it, going to, that might be where this game hinges because DJ Uyungle for as great as he was last week and as great as he has been at times this year, when the going gets tough, it, it, it gets pretty tough for him. You know, he's, he's been right around 50% completion in a few games. He struggled with the interceptions um, outside of last week. You know, he, he was perfect in, in the, the turnover category at Cal, but before that uh, the interceptions had, had kind of flared up. So if you are relying on DJ's arm, if if Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick can't get anything growing on the ground with consistency, that's where it gets kind of scary for Oregon State because, let's face it, you don't know which version of DJ you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, he's been very Jekyll and Hyde this year. And, you know, Dr. Jekyll's been what he was last week. And, and you know, I, I thought and continue to think that that's a game that in 2022 – Oregon State loses at Cal. If that defense plays that way and they allow 40 points, last year's offense 
with Golbranson at the helm did not have a 52 piece in him. It, it was not there. So that version of DJ has been great. But then you look at Washington State and you go, he was 17 of 34. And then you look at the San Diego State game even, and the Aztecs are not particularly good this year. And you go, well, that wasn't a very inspiring effort either. And that one was at home. So I, I think it comes down to to DJU offensively for, for the Beavs. But I trust that offensive line as great as UCLA's defensive line is. The, like the Bruins are certainly going to win some matchups there. But I trust that Oregon State offensive line. And, and I think that that matchup is is the biggest one for for this particular game that, as we talked about, uh, has got conference title implications. Lots of other implications around the conference uh, this weekend, though. We will most definitely get to them, uh, including USC at Notre Dame. What a fascinating, fascinating matchup that is. Price Picks is a little bit more than fascinating. It is fantastic. The largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling or battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You get your winnings quickly with quick withdrawals. Easy gameplay and enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. If you like anything in this game, Dante Moore under passing yards, DJ Uyungle over, pick a running back. It's all there at Prize Picks. So go check it out. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's move off Oregon State and UCLA. Unless you've got any other uh, final thoughts that uh, that you wanted to to give right now on uh, on this wonderful Wednesday ahead of what should be a really good Saturday in the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, other than Oregon State's defense last week being a, a huge concern, and if that's the kind of defense the Beavers play this week, then uh, they're they're not going to win. I, I don't have much outside of that, but um, I guess there's one caveat to that, and it's that Oregon State was missing two starting corners uh, and was going up against a quarterback that I don't think they had schemed a whole lot against. Uh, I didn't even know he was going to (laughs) play. I don't think many people expected Cal to go to its third option there. So, I mean, that, that probably plays a part in it. Um, But yeah, the Beavers, the Beavers have to play better defensively. There's no question about it. Hey, speaking of needed defensive improvement, USC comes to mind. Don't know why, but that seems to be a theme uh, this year. The Trojans for the first time this season are underdogs at Notre Dame by two and a half points this week in South Bend. The Irish are in wounded animal mode at home against a USC team that feels poised for a loss here at some point with the way they've played each of the last three weeks uh, against their last three Pac-12 opponents. They get uh, a non-conference one here. It it doesn't have Pac-12 title implications, but certainly does have college football playoff implications. I, I look at this game, Carter, and... I, I lean towards Notre Dame heavily here because I think that if uh, now Audric Estime has to play, if 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 Audric Estime doesn't play, then mm, maybe maybe not. But Estime and Hartman at home off of an embarrassing loss against a USC team that barely got by against Arizona at home last week, this is really a big chance for the Trojans 
to silence a lot of the doubters who are coming in and piling on about they can't win because of their defense and they can't do this. And look, there are a lot of questions to be answered there. They're still 6-0. and Their goals, technically speaking, are still in front of them. So Notre Dame's losses and, and close calls, too, have, have all come against very good defenses. Ohio State has an elite defense and, and you know, kept that at, what, 17-14 was the final, I think. Yep. Um, they go to Duke. Duke has one of the best, if not the best, defense in the ACC. And it takes a game-winning drive, a, a fourth-down conversion from Sam Hartman to win that game. They go to Louisville. Louisville forces, I think, four turnovers in that game. USC does not have a defense anywhere near the level of those three teams that I just mentioned. And that should that should scare the Trojans. Um, Notre Dame's offense has some elite playmakers. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Estime. Sam Hartman's been up and down a little bit. But again, look at the teams he's going up against. I mean, this is he was the ACC's all-time touchdown leader, like, ever at Wake Forest. And he transferred to Notre Dame, and he picked up right where he left off in the beginning of the season. I think going against a defense that clearly has, I mean, just immense problems, uh, immense amounts of problems at, at USC, Um I think it's a get right game for him. And I guess if there's an X factor in this game is it, it, it might be Notre Dame's motivation level. Like you mentioned this having college football playoff implications. It doesn't for Notre Dame, the fighting Irish are out of it. They're not going to win a conference and they have two losses. So I don't think they have a shot. So what's their motivation level? You know, what are they playing for at this point? Maybe that factors into it, but I don't know. USC going more than halfway across the country in a tough environment, in a rivalry game against a very good offense with that defense, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Trojans. Yeah, but I, I don't. But I wouldn't be shocked if they won a shootout. So. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either because Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley know how to win shootouts. They've done that more than a few times during their time together at USC and going back to Oklahoma. But that's the thing is is that's the only way that USC really has won football games over the last couple of seasons. The lone exception being at Reeser Stadium last year when they won 17 to 14 late in the game, like every other game, it's had to be a high scoring affair. Like Caleb Williams has to play so, so well every week. I don't think you can ride that all the way to a 12 and 0 regular season. I, I think you can ride that to a 10 and two regular season, maybe even 11 and one. But even last year, the defense wasn't good, but they were forcing turnovers at least. This year, it's just felt like it's Caleb Williams or... It's nothing for, for USC. And if Audric Estime plays, I, I don't know that USC is going to be able to tackle him if he gets to the second level. They, they can't tackle anybody right now. But I don't know. Maybe maybe things will suddenly change. But it kind of feels like Jerry Seinfeld and B-Movie bashing his head into the wall. Maybe this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. Okay, anyway. So now we're done with that. Uh, let's wrap up with a sneaky good game in the Pac-12. Arizona at Washington State. Shout out to the folks in Pullman who have been showing some love to uh, the show recently. Appreciate all of you. Washington State, an eight-point favorite here. I don't know what to do with that betting line just yet. I do like Washington State in the game. This is not going to be an easy game for the Cougs. And you talk about a get-right game. This is kind of a get-right, prove that you do belong as a Pac-12 contender game for, for Washington State, who are also, with that one conference loss, operating with a razor-thin margin. 
Uh, I'll tell you what I did with that line. I was all over Arizona at, at eight and a half. I mean, the Wildcats, the way they've played against two top flight teams in the Pac-12 and, and doing so on the road against USC after, I, I mean, I don't know if they necessarily put a, a legitimate scare in Washington the week prior, but. No, not, 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 a, not a real one, but like half a one. But like, it was close. I mean, it was a seven point game in the end. And then, I mean, they, for all intents and purposes, should have beaten USC last yes. week. So, I mean, this is a team that has gone toe to toe with the very best in the conference, has shown that it can score on anyone and has shown that it can slow teams down enough to stay in the game. And I, I think, you know, even on the road in a tough environment in Pullman, um, this is maybe more evenly matched than the three and three versus four and one records would suggest. I think Arizona's right there on the fringe of jumping into that next tier in the Pac-12 with the likes of UCLA, Washington State, Utah, Oregon State there. Um, I, I think this comes down to the wire. I, I think it does. I, I think Arizona with Noah Fafita back there operating the way that he has can score on Washington State. It's possible. It's not easy to score on uh, the Cougs, but I, in Pullman, I think that defense plays a little bit better. And, and like Notre Dame, coming off a loss last week, and unlike Notre Dame, their goal's still in front of them, right? I mean, college football playoff, technically, you know, still there. They've got a favorable schedule, but I think for Wazoo, like Oregon State, it's get to the Pac-12 championship game first. And that goal is still very much right there. You have to win this game against uh, Arizona, though, because you still have Washington. You still have Oregon to play if you're the Cougs. And like with Oregon State, it feels like a split is, you know, the, the best outcome that realistically, barring, you know, injuries to one of the other team's quarterbacks, uh, that, that you're going to be getting there. But that is a that is a sneaky good game. We'll be talking about that more tomorrow right here on the show. Carter Baines, Beaver Blitz and 24-7 Sports. My man, as always, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time as always. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.